0: Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your DFS preview for the Farmer's Insurance Open. And for the first time ever, we are running three wide for this week's episode. Joining me and back in the saddle, Greg Ducharme on a Monday. Hey, buddy.
2: Uh, Great to be back, back with us for Monday and uh, excited about the revolutionary three wide scene. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. See Great to have you with us.
1: Thank you, Greg. I'm excited too, my friend. And I'll tell you what, now that football season's dwindling down, I think all our focus should be on the PGA at this point, right? Uh, there you go. That's Sia Najad. He's got a lot of great ideas. Like, let's just focus on golf. That's what I do.
0: Works out pretty well. Uh, before we jump into this, gentlemen, Greg, plug the show. Course record, new time slot, CBS Sports Network uh, this week, 8 p.m., no, 11 p.m. Eastern Time, right? Yeah. And then we got a new 8 slot. 8 p.m. your time.
2: Yeah, 8 p.m. my more. time. Right. Uh, it, it Moving forward, it's going to be a seven o'clock for the most part. Um, course record with Michael Breed, CBS Sports Network. Mondays, 7 p.m. It moved from 11 a.m. So we're really excited about that time slot. And um, the Sports Network has a golf block that's starting uh, during, the, during Monday evening. So Monday is going to be the golf day on CBS Sports Network, which to see his point, I mean, let's just talk about golf. Let's talk about the PGA Tour. That's what's going to be happening over there uh, and over here as well. So lots going on on Monday. Um that it fires me up. Oof gives me the warm
0: and fuzzies. Let's turn our attention to the farmers insurance open for this week. Gentlemen and see ya. same thing we had last week two course rotation, the North course and the South course in play at Tory Pines, the South course. That's the one everybody knows. That's the one in the video games. That's the one where we've had the U S open. That's the one where all the great tiger putts have come from. It's the South course. That'll get three rounds, but the North course after the redesign a couple of years ago is no longer a cupcake. Uh, it's got a three hole Stretch called the undertow, which is one of the most difficult three-hole stretches on the PGA Tour. So scoring, see
1: birdies, they're certainly not going to be as
0: frequent as we saw last week.
1: Which is kind of a relief, you know, because not just last week, but the week before that. I mean, when you have, I don't know, maybe I'm old school, I don't like to think that I am, but I don't really love seeing like, you know, a six under be, you know, an average round. You know what I mean? Like, I want the golf course to kind of push back a little bit. And I think we're, we're finally going to see that this week and in, in the coming weeks leading up to the Masters. So I'm actually quite excited for it.
0: Yeah, Greg, that's the one thing that um, I, I like the scoring. I don't mind it as much. I know others dislike it more than I do. The one thing, though, is when your guy shoots like a 64 in a round and doesn't make up much ground on the field. You're like, oh, my God, like, what's What do I got to do around here? <laughs>
2: Right. You love seeing your guy shoot 64. You just don't want everybody else to shoot 64 too. But I'm, I'm with you, Rick. I, I like seeing birdies. Um, but at the same time, I appreciate that the fact that golf's an outdoor game. So I like seeing birdies. I like seeing more difficult tests like this. Um, and you may see some good scores this week. We've seen a winner get to 21 under in Justin Rose. But for the most part, you're more likely to see something between 10 and 15 under par. Now, the the south course was the seventh last year It was the seventh toughest uh, course on the PGA Tour. The north course was the 33rd. Which uh, I didn't get a chance to see how many courses they played last year, but 33 that's somewhere close to the middle of the pack. So, not uh, to your point, Rick, not a cupcake, yeah. still plays easier than the North uh, or than the South, rather, uh, and still plays under par.
0: Yeah, usually get like 50 courses or something like that. So 33rd would be, yeah, a little little bit easier than average, but I'll tell you what, they used to be in the 40s. That used to be a super that used to be a rollover, right. and, and it is getting more difficult. Uh the other thing is we're back on POA this week. So uh, these greens, and and I, I can speak a bit from experience, uh playing Tory Pines as, as much as I have, they're they're hard. I, I mean there are there are nuances. Uh Mark told us last night, you know, uh you're going to miss. There's going to be guys who miss five foot putts. It's going to happen this week, especially as the day goes on that POA, it starts to, it starts to bloom a bit and it can cause some, some bumpy rides for, for balls in their endeavor towards the cup. So keep that in mind. There's going to be some short putts missed, but gentlemen, I want to start at the top of the player pool. And we've got five golfers over $10,000 led by John Rom then Rory McIlroy, Tony Finau, Xander Shoffley, Patrick Reed. Sia, will kick this to you first. Uh, John Rahm withdrew last week, uh, cited, you know, just kind of tweets something. He said he could have played if he really had to, opted to just take the week off and set up for a week where he has dominated this golf course in the past.
1: Yeah, so I'm not so sure that was the reason he pulled out. I mean, it probably was, but – regardless if there's any noise about any sort of injury and potential aggravation, it sort of gives me a reason to maybe pivot off of him to who I think is probably the best guy in this field. And that's Roy McElroy. and all will admit, I'm usually trying to find reasons not to pick Roy McElroy. And usually that pays off for me from a DFS standpoint, but I mean, he's been playing well fifth at the masters. Obviously his track record here is very good. Third, third place in a fifth place the last two times he's been here and we know he's in pretty good form. So, uh, I'm trying to check boxes here, and uh, as far as the top tier is concerned, Rory seems to check all the boxes. All right, speaking of checking
0: boxes, Greg, I mean, I, I actually think that a lot of these guys in the 10K range, we'll, we'll get to them. There, there's question marks, right? You know, Rahm, oh, yeah. WD's last week for, you know, we, who knows what the extent of that is. Rory, who played over in Dubai, not only does he have to make the trek, this week, right? He's got to, he's got to fly all the way over from Dubai through how many uh, time zones. Uh, But what we saw from him was a little bit of Jekyll and Hyde last week. He had actually shot the round of the day in two separate rounds. Greg still didn't win the golf tournament because the other two were even par 72s and he finishes third to Terrell Hatton. So, I mean, again, we're now starting 2021, kind of in a similar place. We ended 2020, not sure what to make of Mr. McElroy.
2: Right. You wonder when you're looking at this range um, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this too, both of you, but you're looking for the guy that you feel like has a great chance of winning the tournament. And to me, I think that John Rahm and Rory McIlroy and Tony Finau as well. Those three are very likely to play well. I'm expecting a solid performance out of them, but I have questions about them winning John Rahm, as you highlighted. the The other thing is where is he with his equipment? He, ha- he doesn't have a lot of reps underway with new equipment. So that's a question that, uh, that lies in my head. Now I do think because of the way this golf course tends to play, I think John Rahm is still going to have a great week. And the reason for that is he's a, he's got a great short game. And so the reason I like that on this golf course, it's normally touted as a, a ball strikers golf course. You got to hit fairways. You got to drive it long and straight and you got to hit a lot of greens. But the winners I've seen in the past are, are really more scramblers you look at mark leishman last year at three fairways in the final round and wins the year before justin rose wins in 2019 that was a week he didn't know where the golf ball was going he done he got it done largely with short game and then uh you look tiger woods is a, a scrambler by nature brant snedeker has won here twice i look at this golf course as one where you can scramble your way around because it's so difficult because guys are going to miss fairways. They're not easy to hit guys are going to miss greens. They tend to get really firm. And I think John Rom's short game is going to go a long way. Now to that point, Patrick Reed is another guy that I really like this week and he's played well here in the past. He's uh, tied six last year, tied 13th the year before that tied 23rd, the, uh, the year before that, I think it's a golf course that suits him well and a scrappy competitor I think is going to have a great week this week. It, I'm glad you brought up short game
0: because I, as you know, I, I run this model for every single course on the PGA tour. And I look at the types of golfers that have success. What stats are those golfers good at? And then we compare it to every single course on the PGA tour. And we find out what's going on. Well, uh, strokes gained putting, uh, was essentially the most important of the common stats, you know, not, 150 to 175 from the left rough that's some wonky stuff but of like the common stats strokes gained putting was actually the most important and i think it goes into a lot of what you mentioned greg which is uh, scrambling by nature is what you have to do because you're not going to hit a lot of fairways. It's firm. You're going to get into some awkward positions around the greens. The POA is going to throw you uh, through a loop in the afternoon. So guys who putt well tend to have great success here. And, and, and you rattled off a handful of those names. See, so, yeah, looking towards some of these other guys here in the 10 K range, we have to talk about the local Xander Shoffley. He's told us he's played Tory pines a hundred times, at least a hundred times in his career. But in competition, it hasn't been all that good. Five it's, starts yeah. here, yeah, it's crazy, right? Five starts a top twenty, t twenty five, excuse me, and four missed cuts. It's shocking.
1: It's shocking, especially someone of the pedigree of Xander Shoffley. And it, you know, it's one of those things where. You know, when you're at the casino and let's say you see a roulette wheel and it hits like red five, six times in a row and you're like, well, this next one, it's probably going to be black. Right. But then it's red again and then it's red again. And I feel like that's what's going on with Xander. Like, I I don't know when the right time is to pick him. I mean, maybe it's this week, but do I personally want to take that chance? Probably not. I I think
0: this is such an interesting week because Tory is consistent, Greg. I mean, usually plays similar. Right, you're going to be penalized if you do miss the fairway. You're going to need to be sharp around the greens. You usually get a similar uh, type of field here. So you'll see guys who have really great records, and you'll see guys that have really poor records. It's it's almost like. It, it's so consistent that these guys can't necessarily flip a switch if it doesn't fit them. And by all accounts, or at least by five years worth of results, this is not a good spot for Xander.
2: No. And and it doesn't make much sense, but sometimes a home game in golf is hard. We don't have a lot of these. Um, And if you've ever played your own court, your home course in a tournament, expectations tend to go way up and it just puts a little bit of extra pressure on yourself. Conditions get a little firmer, a little faster this week. I mean, if you go play, Tory in a normal week. I, I don't know exactly, you would know better than me, Rick, how fast the greens are. But they they change when you get into a farmers insurance open, when you get into a US open, especially they're gonna change. They're gonna get faster. And that changes the reads on your putts. So because these greens have so many different levels and shelves and um, you'll have tucked pins, there's a lot of heart shaped greens out here where there's a back left pin and it's behind a bunker and you got six to cover. And if you go to the middle of the green, well, there's a ridge there. So now you're on the wrong tier and it just, it it gets difficult and it puts pressure on that short game and putting. And the best way I could describe it for Xander is he, he plays it more often when the conditions are maybe a little bit slower and so the putts look and respond and play a little bit differently. And and maybe that's one of the reasons why, uh, he, he struggles.
0: That is not an uncommon sentiment by tour players. Uh, I think we've heard, I'm going to butcher this. I know. I actually think it was Paul Ryan Palmer at colonial, uh, made this point where he's like, yeah, I play colonial all the time. It's my home course. But when you throw up the grandstands and you get in tournament like conditions, it's different. It's just not how I'm used to it. Yeah. we've heard a lot of guys say that so i I do think there's there's certainly something to it see let's bop down to the nine thousand dollar range here it's harris english back in action uh f2 two uh, two starts removed from his victory at the sony open sung jm 36 hole leader last week brooks kepka who uh breaking news apparently just split with uh claude Harmon, his swing coach that's something we can talk about uh hovland hideki Matthew Wolf and everybody's favorite Scotty Scheffler last week, who burns the vast majority
1: of fantasy players who in this range do you like most? Okay. First of all, I'm always a fan of Victor Hovland, um, but, but I'll, I'll leave that. I'll leave that aside. I think Harris English is the most promising out of this group. I mean, by the way, speaking of what Greg brought up the, the short game, I mean, he's been really good there. He's gaining strokes off the tee, obviously on approach. He's really been hitting the ball well. I mean, I think at the century he was 32nd, which isn't great. But like you said, he won before that. And the two tournaments before that, I think he had a fifth and a sixth. So he's he's coming in great form. I mean, his history here isn't fantastic. But, I mean, in 2018, top ten. So that's certainly not bad. But given the recent form and where he's gaining, and, you know, again, the putting and the short game, I think he's going to have command of that. So I think I really expect him to be playing late on Sunday. Uh, yeah, he's, he's just so solid. I mean, he's, he's had an unbelievable
0: 2020 season. He got off to a great start in 2021. I'm willing to give the guy a pass for, uh, finishing, you know, middle of the pack after you win for the first time in seven years. I, I, I'm okay with that. Greg, uh, Brooks Kepka, Let's, let's talk about old Brooksy. So this just came across the wire a few minutes ago, uh, apparently splitting with Claude Harmon as his swing coach and, I try not to read too much into this, but my, my heart really wants to be like, Oh my God. Like anytime a guy does something like this, I feel like they're panicking or they think something needs to change. Brooks, obviously coming off two consecutive missed cuts. I don't think that's the reason for it, but, uh, here we go. Now, now what is next for a guy who's already one of the biggest question marks of this year?
2: I, it, uh, it, it continues. The the question marks continue now. um, Brooks is a guy that does, he does work on his game. I I think Brooks works on his game a little bit more than people give him credit for. At least he did a couple of years ago. I worked at a a club four years ago. He was a member there and he, he worked on his game more than most tour pros uh, on the range. So um, I, I, if that continues and he's looking at a new coach, he seems to be a guy that can take something, a simple tip, a simple key and kind of run with it. But I'm interested about this Harmon thing, because he said last year, Claude's going to be his coach for Claude's his coach indefinitely going forward. And he's moved on. So I'm I'm looking for is Brooks going to go at his own. Is he going to come up with a new coach? Because those are two very different things. When you separate with a coach and you go on your own that first week, it it doesn't really have that big of an effect. Other than it, it begs the question, why did why did you separate? are you now having doubts about what you and your coach have been working on? So we saw this with Jason day last year, right when he, he separated with Cole Swatton and all of a sudden he reeled off a number of top 10 finishes in a row because he went to fields, but it didn't stick. So what are we going to get? We could get a great week out of Brooks. He just kind of goes and free wheels it and plays and it grows great. But I think long-term, um, there's a lot more information that we're going to need going forward. But look, I guess, for me, I'm I'm a little concerned about Brooks this week. I think it's going to demand great golf, and I have, I have my concerns with him right now.
0: Uh, I guess we found out uh, how long indefinitely is for Brooks about yeah, about a year. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so so I actually like Brooks's um, outright number to win this golf tournament. Than I do kind of rostering rostering him for for DFS purposes. Or, yeah, I, I can go with purposes. that. Yeah, right. He he owns a lot of the a lot of the win equity, but the the miscut downside in, in fantasy is not not great. Um, Sia, are you willing to, we, we play the forgive and forget game, right? Are you willing to forgive and forget what Scotty Scheffler did last week? He was not only uh, one of the most popular golfers in terms of fantasy, he was very popular in one and
1: done pools. He was the guy and he gave everybody a big fat
0: zero. Are you willing
1: to go back to him? No, I'm not. And I'll tell you what, there are guys that I'm willing to go back to. We'll talk about them later on in the show. But Scheffler's is just not going to be one of them. And honestly, the main reason is just because I like more guys in this range than I did last week. I mean, it, it, I don't know what it, Scheffler's clearly not going to be quite as chalky. So maybe he's a smarter play in DFS this week versus last week. But no, I, I just like too many other guys in this range and right below this range to to hit Shuffler again. Before we move on, uh we, we did we just kind
0: of mentioned Victor Hovland and and Greg, I want to get your take on this because I, I obviously see both sides of the coin here. The guy is a phenomenal ball striker. He hits it long enough off the tee. If you're playing from the short grass and if you're playing uh, from from further down the fairway than everybody else, you're in good shape. But you mentioned something that I think could be troublesome is there's there's a lot of missed greens out here. There's a lot of awkward putts, awkward chips, Victor's told us himself. Short game, not so great now. He can figure it out. He won twice last year. The guy won twice last year. It's kind of hard to wrap your brain around, but I'm not sure where he fits into Torrey Ponce.
2: I understand, yeah, I understand completely what you're saying. I I look at he, um, and Matthew Wolf as well. And I have my questions in that area for both of them. And, and look, they're aggressive players and they can make a ton of birdies and they can also, they can play hard golf courses really well. It's not at all what I'm saying. It's just this course, the greens, the way that they're sectioned, you have to kind of take one of two approaches. You're going to be really aggressive and try to get it on the right shelf or you're going to try to just hit it on the green. Oh, and by the way, when you do that, when you make that aggressive play, you're going to miss some greens, you're going to hit great shots that miss greens. Um, but when, if you that's, take,
0: that's like, what uh, I tell people. I hit a lot of great shots, but I just keep missing
2: these greens. Yeah. <laughs> look, and that's, that's Tory, right? You just say, look, Oh, well, it's cause I play Tory Pines. That's, uh, um, so if you kind of take your medicine and hit it to the middle of the green, And now you're left with difficult putts all day. And these guys are just trained to make birdies. So I worry a little bit about the short games of these players. That being said, especially with Hovland, because uh, of where his game has been, I think he's always a solid play. I just, I'm not licking my chops uh, and no hard eye emoji right now for Victor Hovland. I don't think he's a fade, um, but I I prefer like Hideki Matsuyama to me. I I actually prefer this week over Hovland.
0: Yeah, I, uh, man, I I should have pulled this up before we started. I wanted to kind of see results at Torrey in like the first couple of starts because Hovland's played here once Sia, he missed the cut. Scotty Scheffler's played here once, he's missed the cut. Wolf's played here once, it was a T21. It's it's even harder, I think, to try to model out or project the young guys, especially at a place that I, I, I do think Torrey requires some level of inside information, insider knowledge. And some of these courses, they just show up and it's like, oh, I'll just, I'll just pick apart birdies all day long. I don't think that's what happens here. So I, I wish I would have pulled that up, but I do think that experience matters.
1: Yeah, uh, I totally agree. And I, I think we're going to see that with, with a lot of our picks as, as this kind of matriculates, we're going to see a lot of people that we're picking have like decent course experience in terms of like one, two, three years under their belt. So I totally agree. In fact, once we get to the 8K range, I mean, there's a a couple guys I like uh, that aren't super popular names, but their their course history here is absolutely fantastic. There is
0: definitely some course history in the 8K range. We are going to get to that and the 7K and the 6K range. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. It's a really fine line creating And we're back, $8,000 range, Siwoo Kim, our latest winner on the PGA Tour, Bubba Watson, Mark Leishman, all the way down to Ricky Fowler, Louis Oosthuizen, and there are course history names in here. Greg, I'll start with you. Uh, Who in this range are you most excited about? I've got a guy in this range that's won this event twice. How about that?
2: Um, Well, that's won it it twice. Oh, what do you got, Brant Snedeker? Jason Day, right? Oh, I think Jason Day's won it once. Is he That's is he nice. okay. You know, you know better than me. I'll, I'll, but I did like out, so Jason Day is interesting to me. Um, and there's a couple reasons, kind of similar to what Brooks Kepka has going on. He is making some changes, right? Jason Day's got um a mixed bag of equipment going this week, um, no longer with just TaylorMade, made. So he's got a mixed bag. We know that he's got a new swing coach in um in uh, uh, uh Chris Como. So I I think there's some very interesting things going on with Jason day and I'm, I'm watching him closely. And in fact, I I think he's going to have a good week. I really like Jason day because it's the kind of golf course he knows how to score on. Um, so I, I like him. The other guy that I really like in this range is Ryan Palmer and Ryan Palmer has been playing pretty well of late. Um, he, he came in fourth at the century tournament of champions. He has a nice course history here. Um, a a couple of top 20 finishes. I think he was tied 13th two years ago and he's, he's got this kind of smooth way about him. It's a really smooth swing. He drives it really well. He hits a ton of greens of regulation. I know that's going to be a challenge this week, but he, this year is hitting over 73% of his greens this week. And he converts those. He makes a ton of birdies. He's second on tour in birdie average. So, combine those two things. I think you're going to get a great week out of Ryan Palmer. He's probably my favorite play in the eight K range. And I like Jason day as well.
0: Jason day won this event in 2015. He won it in 2018. He had a there runner up go. finish in 14. He finished fifth in 19. So a lot of great vibes around here. I do uh, really like the Ryan Palmer call. I mean, uh, even, even the T 21 that he had last year, I would argue it was better than that. Cause I'm pretty sure he played in the final group on Sunday and he shot like a 75 and finished T 21. And it wasn't his day, but for three and a half rounds, he, he played awesome. Uh, let's throw this over to you because we've got defending champion Mark Leishman in this range. We've got, uh, Ricky Fowler, who we are waiting for to wake up. I mean, there's just a lot going on here.
1: Yeah, well, we talked about Ricky last week, Rick, and I was like, no, no Ricky whatsoever. Don't try to convince me. But, you know, I kind of was wrong a little bit, right? Because last Friday he was really, really good and he showed he flashed a little bit of that old Ricky that we, you know, we think he is. Uh, With that said even though his price is really reasonable at 8000 on DraftKings i'm just i'm not going to do it i mean he's he's going to be a fade for me until i see some consistency but i got to say i absolutely love the ryan palmer play speaking of of just value i mean 8200 on DraftKings this guy was was 7000 when he came in fourth at the century then he gets priced up to 9200 just you know 5 days later and and basically middles out at the Sony. And now he's like sort of back down to a price range, I think is is going to be palatable. I think from a DFS standpoint, he's going to be really popular because listen, everybody's going to look at his recent history. Everybody's going to look at his course history and everybody's going to look at his strokes gained metrics and his ball striking is fantastic. So it's just one of those things that like, it's going to be, it's going to have to be like chalk you're going to eat as opposed to bad chalk, because I do expect him to have another great tournament. I'll throw in one other guy that doesn't grade out super well. Uh, in terms of the, you know, the metrics, uh, Cam Smith, I mean, he hasn't been very good lately, either. I think he's more suited for maybe like a tougher course than, than the last two he's been on, which have been more of, of the resort variety. So I think Cam Smith is a guy that that will have a lower ownership percentage that could win you a DFS tournament. I do like the idea of Cam Smith grinding for sure. I
0: I do think that uh, he's not going to win something at 25 under, but 11, 12, 13. Now we're, now we're talking kind of Cam Smith's range. Greg, I want to get your opinion on, on one guy. So (laughs) it's Billy Horschel and little anecdote here we have this guy i uh, i believe his username is uh tokyo swan who is a very loyal uh viewer of this show greg he, he he's uh responds to a lot of the tweets and this guy is billy horschel's biggest fan and i see it all the time and i'm finally like i gotta look into this billy horschel guy and see what the heck's going on What what's happening here seventh at sony that's the last time we saw him fifth at mayakoba he has two top 10 finishes here in the last five years. He is different from the style of golfer that I usually like, Greg, because Horschel is going to rely on a flat stick and you're going to have to hope it gets hot and you're going to have to hope that the rest of his game holds it together. But we talked about how important putting is this week and having a lot of these, you know, we'll call it 12 footers to save par and things like that, that can keep the momentum of your rounds going. I don't hate Billy Horschel.
2: You know, he is a guy that leaves me scratching my head all the time. Billy Horschel, because he there are a number of courses, especially when we get into the summertime, when you get to um, some of those courses where it get, like I think of him in New Orleans, I think of him playing really well um, at Windham. I think of him playing really well at some of those like uh, like 3M Rocket Mortgage. He, his name always pops up in my head uh, of a guy who I think is going to have a great week. Um, and, and then even in the spring, like RBC Heritage seems to be a great tournament for him. And so I always wonder with Billy Horschel, what does he do really well? And it, and you look at his, his statistics, it, it it is putting. And so what we see here at this golf course is he has two top tens. One was in 2019 and the other was 2016, a tied eighth and an eighth place finish. Um, And, and he's made a number of cuts, seven out of 10 cuts he's made. So it's okay Course history here. And this is the thing about putting being important. You have to have a great putting week, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to rely on putting, if that makes sense. It it you you are going to rely on putting, but I don't necessarily love guys who are just strictly relying on putting going into the week. It's one of those things where, like a John Rom is a great ball striker, but he's also more likely than most to have a great putting week. So I like that. Now I know he's the highest priced player in the field. It's number two ranked player in the world. I understand the difference here, but I think you understand my point. It's I, I'm not loving Billy Horschel. Cause I think there's questions about his iron play and his, uh and his driver more so than say a Ryan Palmer or somebody like that, who also has a, a great short game to, to back it up.
0: One of my favorite moments at Tory Pines, do you remember that year where things went sideways? I think it was 2016 and it was like 40 mile an hour winds. It was like raining cats and dogs. I think, I don't know if they finished on Monday or whatever,
2: Uh, but Brant Snedeker won after making the cut on the number last year. Patrick Cantlay almost did it last week.
0: He made the cut on the number and he uh, got in before the bad weather came and then like no one shot under par after that and he just winds up with the trophy but there was a moment i can't remember who billy Horschel was playing with but somebody drained like a 50 foot putt in these ridiculous conditions and all you see in the background is billy Horschel running around with his hat on backwards yeah. like this <laughs> <laughs> like it's so funny yeah. i'll have to find the clip and tweet it out it's like my favorite moment ever uh the guys a
2: all- fedex cup too i mean he's he's yeah. a great player
0: Yeah, it's, it's so good. So I'll have to, I'll have to tweet that, uh, that clip out, uh, $7,000 range. This is very interesting. Sia, we have another very popular golfer from last week in Sam Burns that burned everybody. Uh, we've got, uh, Emiliano Grillo and Jordan Spieth, Jordan Spieth back making his 2021 debut in this range. Uh, where will you be allocating your resources this week?
1: First of all, I'm very mad at you for being so convincing last week on Sam Burns because, of course, I jammed him in a couple lineups too. And I was like, Rick, in, in,
0: in my defense, the guy shot like a 66 on Friday and looked phenomenal, made an eagle. That was the Sam Burns we wanted. It was the fact that he shot a rusty 77 on Thursday and played himself out of
1: it. That was That was the bad stuff. Well, no, and honestly, that, that's the point I'm ultimately going to make because he, he did show why we picked him on Friday as opposed to Thursday. And listen, he has weaknesses in his game, but he also has strengths as they relate to this course, the South course in particular. Uh, obviously, we know he's long off the tee. You know, his, his approach game isn't bad. Short game could be a little bit better. But given how he played on Friday and the fact that we liked him last week, I don't think it's appropriate to be like, oh, he's a complete fade now. I mean, I think you have to take whatever your analysis was last week. If it can be applied to this week, which it absolutely can, then I think Sam Burns is a smart play. As far as other guys I like, I think Sam Burns is good. Uh, I think uh, Cam Davis is probably my favorite in this range. Uh, Obviously, we know he can hit it pretty long. His history here isn't great, but then again, he's a younger guy, so he's kind of maybe potentially coming into his own. Recent history isn't fantastic, but I think he grades out really well on this course.
0: I... I agree with you on Burns. I think if you are taking one round into consideration, only one round to make decisions, that's probably the wrong way to do it. I'm not as warm on Cam Davis for this week as you might be, Sia, because, and I'm and I'm bullish on Cam Davis. I love the kid. He's got all the raw talent in the world. I think he's going to be he's going to be great for a long time. I'm worried about the five and a half strokes he gained putting last week. I'm worried about the fact that he holds out from the fairway for an eagle, which is both skill and luck. I'm just worried. That there is a bit of regression coming for him, but I I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. We'll see. The biggest name for me, I think, in the seven k range, Greg, is Gary Woodlands coming back from an injury, trying to figure it all out. I can talk about him. Is there someone else in this range uh, that 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 gets you gets you all amped up to roster?
2: Ah, uh, okay. So um, one, <laughs> that's good. That's good when you start your response with. Ah, okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> So the reason I do that is there are two guys that I'm just, I want to be a little, I want to be early on. I want to jump on the bandwagon. One is Jordan Spieth with, with, uh, after seeing Butch, I want to jump in there and I want to say, yeah, okay, look, Jordan (laughs) Spieth is seven. Jordan Spieth is 7,600 on DraftKings and it's his first event, uh, of the, of the year. Right. So I, I really like giving him a chance here. I like taking that chance on him here and saying maybe Butch had something to do. And then you add to it, you're not going to have to go shoot 25 under this week. You're not going to have to make a ton of birdies. You're going to have to grind your way around. And Jordan Spieth's exactly that. He's a grinder. So I think this could be a good start, a good risky start for him to kind of see how the year goes. Now, you have to understand, if you play Jordan Spieth this week, it may not work. You may end up with a miscut. There's a... That's why he's 7,600. There's a good likelihood of that. But to me, I want to, for a very, very rare occurrence, this hasn't happened in three years, I want to be early on Jordan. So I'm going to take, I may take a chance on him. The other guy I would take a chance on going early on is Francesco Molinari. Cause I see a, a T eight last week. Uh, I think he had some really nice days um, striking the ball. There was one round. He gained two strokes approaching the green. He was positive putting uh, and, and positive T to green. So I, I really like Francesco Molinari in one aspect. Again, it's the same thing where there's a lot of risk involved, but these guys have the talent and I believe they have real win equity and they could win you a, a tournament. They could win you a DFS tournament. So I like those players. The other guy that I really like uh, is Taylor Gooch, and Taylor Gooch is a player that I I think this year he is trending in the right direction. I think he's going to have an, a really nice year. It was a nice week last week for him, um, and I think he's going to keep it rolling and, and play great again. Um, play great again this week.
0: The. Two things about Jordan Spieth. Uh, so, in th- in theory, Greg, I agree with you uh, on 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 getting a little exposure to Jordan Spieth this week. And the two main things are, if you're going to play him, you have to be early, and it and it and you'd be it would be advantageous for you to do it after a long break. Right, when a guy's at what is essentially rock bottom, which is what I hope Jordan Spieth is at, I hope it doesn't go any lower than this. Uh, You want him off of a long break where he's been able to try to figure it out, work hard, all that good stuff. The other thing about it is, even if he becomes sixty-five percent of himself from two years ago or three years ago, he has more win equity than every single but everybody else in this range. Right, so I, I think that's the the two sides of it. That if you're ever going to play Spieth, you have to play him right now.
2: And if he uh, if he comes in tied eighth, like Molinari did last week, he'll be ten thousand next week, right? Yeah. I mean, his price is going to skyrocket. So that's why I may take the risk and be early on.
0: Um, I'm looking at the rest of this ten thousand dollar range. Uh, the bottom of it features uh, Phil Mickelson, who I cannot, in good conscience, roster. Uh, indefinitely, right? We'll use Brooks's word maybe next year, Uh, indefinitely, I cannot roster Phil Mickelson. And then Sia, the other guy who's been catching a lot of steam recently, and we were kind of on, on the wrong weeks with, with this, is Doug Gim. Gim was super popular at the Sony Open. He misses the cut. I think everybody hopped off. And he goes out and finishes fifth at the American Express. He has a much smaller sample size than most. His his last couple of starts have been better ball striking weeks. Uh, is it him or is there anybody else down here in the 7K range that
1: might end up making some of your some of your rosters? You took the name right out of my mouth. It is Doug Gim. And frankly, you know, obviously he had a fifth last week. But even on this course, he's had a top 20. He, in 2019, he had a 20. Of course, in, in, in 2020, he missed the cut. But Doug Gim, by the way, I mean, it wasn't smoke and mirrors last week. I mean, he struck the ball really well. His I, if, if my memory serves, his driving distance wasn't terrible. I mean, he, he's thought to be a shorter hitter. But I think he was hitting it about 300 last week. His accuracy was good. I mean, greens and regulation was good everything measured out really well for him and so at this price speaking of getting somebody early i mean i know at this point we all know who Doug gim is the man with the most boring name ever but at the same time he is like legitimately potentially a good golfer so here we are at 7200 like i'll take some gim for sure
0: tom lewis is the guy with the most boring name ever i think he's he's uh in the same pro- no he's 6800 i think that's the most boring
1: gim is at tom least – Tom Hog is right up there
0: too. Yeah, there's a couple of there's a couple of bad ones. Um Greg, let's hop down to the six thousand dollar range. And this is where things start to get a little bit murky. Harry Higgs, Henrik Norlander, JB Holmes, JT Poston, they're up near the top. You scroll all the way down to the bottom and you get uh, I don't know, Ted Potter Jr., Kevin Stadler, some names that you certainly don't want to roster. So, who in this range do you want to roster?
2: Uh it, I, I may take a chance with the Tom Hogie. Who came in fifth last year? He gave me a great uh he, he gave me a great tournament last year, um, which was a really impressive one. And again, I, I get back to this thing where you want to hang your hat on something uh as it when you get down into these ranges. What is it that a player does well? What is it a player that you like where you can say, Okay, I have I can I can hang on to this, I can, I can back a player because of x reason and for tom hoagie it's it's strong iron play he's 67th this year strokes gain approach the green and last year he was 35th for the entirety of the year which um which i i really like he makes plenty of birdies um 4.5 birdies per round last year he doesn't necessarily drive it the way you would like but um but but i look at him as a guy who who could have another potentially great week even though he's coming off of two missed cuts. I think he could kind of get back onto Tom Hoagie. He could turn things around. He, he did have a tied third, uh, at the Mayakoba golf classic, um, back in 2020, but I, I think this could be a week where he gets it going.
0: I've identified two names in this range. Number one is, is Kramer Hickok. I'm going right back to that. Well, it's $6,800. He's got a 19th at Sony. He follows it up with the 21st at the American express. But what I love is, is he's great off the tee. He led the field in strokes gained off the tee last week. Of course, only three measured rounds there at the stadium. Of course, he was great the week before. I think he was top five off the tee the week before. So he is really developing that driver as a weapon. And then the other name that I'm that I'm looking at is is your your guy, Greg Richie Warinski. Um, you know, it's it's easy to forget he won a golf tournament on the PGA Tour last year uh, because. COVID and, and the, the 91 days that we missed because it ran opposite of a WGC. It, it's just easy to forget he won and he played well at the American express last week. He's got a top 20 under his belt at this event. I mean, see, we're, we're down in this, in the six K range here. I'm not asking for much from these guys, right? A, a miscut finding the weekend would be plenty for me.
1: Yeah. And, and by the way, I like Richie Wurenski a lot, too. And, and you recall, we talked about Kramer Hickok last week, last Monday. I mean, the guy has been striking the ball really well. And uh, if, if you rostered him, he was probably around four percent and he was helping your your DFS team for sure through the weekend. Uh, other guys I like. I mean, obviously, when we get in this range, we're kind of we're kind of punting. Right. Um, I think Luke lists if he can get the short game in order, I think obviously he can hit it long. Um, he, he measures out well for this course in terms of a, a good course fit. I do like Luke list. Um, I like Richie Wierwinski quite a bit. And then if I'm going super deep punt, this is a guy that was kind of a fantasy darling, maybe six, seven months ago. He was like somewhere in that hovering in that mid seven K range. And now he's in the low six K range. Anybody want to venture a guess? at this time?
0: Uh, I think I actually know the answer to this. Is it so, because you said fantasy darling, uh, the only guy that I could attribute in this range would be Will Gordon. You are correct. <laughs>
2: ah, Nice. That's the
0: other, I'm like, there's Very no way anybody nice. thought these guys were darlings. <laughs> these other guys. Very <laughs> um, nice. Uh, yeah, I mean, Will, Will Gordon is is kind of interesting, and, and I wonder. And and Greg, you know, looking at the composition of this entire field, what what we started this show with is we were like, there's a lot of question marks at the top. There's a lot of question marks in the 10K range. I don't know if I'll end up kind of taking a a stars and scrubs approach, or if I will opt for a more balanced approach because of those question marks. I, I don't know if you have a hunch in, in in potentially the right path to go here. But what do you think so far on a Monday afternoon?
2: I feel I'm I'm feeling a little more of uh, of the balanced approach. Um, although John Rom sitting there just kind of he just has my interest. It's just hard to. It, it's hard to scroll past him. Um, it's, so it's interesting. So I don't know. There's one other guy that I may take a chance with. I, I feel I'm feeling in this lower in the seven K, the lower seven K and the six K range, like you're punting is a good word, um, but it, it feels like you're just kind of taking a chance and hoping. And if you go a little safer in the seven K range, or maybe you get somebody in the eight and you're looking for another six, I got one other guy I want to take a shot on. And it may be, a keith mitchell now uh, the reason tied 14th at the sony open and rick we've talked about this before last year we talked about this a little bit he tends to do well on hard golf courses he doesn't really do well like the sony open finish is almost surprising to me because that he typically doesn't do that he does well um on hard golf courses
0: yeah right he he won honda right and he went
2: yeah at uh i want to say at nine under is that sounds right yeah because that's like eight i think yeah that's, so, a,
0: that's a, such a beast yeah
2: yeah so i'm wondering if he may give you a good week but again it's just such a it's such a, a blind dart throw and and i would go with one of those guys because john rom's so attractive so
0: mm. yeah. okay see ya uh
1: balanced build or stars and scrubs it's definitely not going to be stars and scrubs. What I would say is it's kind of more of a hybrid approach. So, I mean, I, I like the idea of taking a star like a John Rom or a Rory McElroy and then just kind of maybe dropping into that low 7K range for one guy. And then you'll find from just a dollars and cents standpoint, you'll have plenty of money to take some of those middle guys in that 8K range, maybe even upper 8K range, depending on what you do in the 7K range. So in other words, I might have to skip over, you know, most of the 9K range if I want to grab like a Rory. Um, But I do want a star. I do want say they don't have to be in that top five or six, but I do want somebody that I think can win somebody in that top seven or eight, because, again, we are at more challenging courses and and we're not going to see as many kind of lower tier names pop up on the leaderboards come Sunday, in my opinion.
0: I like it. Uh, Okay, gentlemen. Uh, I mentioned at the top, the North course now has the undertow, which is a three hole, very difficult three hole stretch that, uh, when I played a couple of weeks ago, I think I was like three or four over, which (laughs) not good boys. Um, but I'm trying to think of what other stretches have names. So there's the undertow, the bear trap, the snake pit, the The green mile. Oh, the green, I would not have remembered the green mile, the green
2: mile. Is that it?
0: I, I wouldn't even I, I think you got two I wouldn't have gotten Greg. Huh,
2: there you go. Um, I, um there's got to be more. I you know, you got the the bear trap's the most obvious one. Um, yeah, I don't a- know. Amen corner?
0: A- a- corner. Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> it's almost hard to consider Amen Corner. It, that's like a class of its own, right? It, but I guess it is a, a three-hole stretch. It's definitely the the most famous. But okay, don't you think I have- that's like a little bit above? It, it's like a, yeah, a, a tier above. Well, it's
0: funny because like most weeks, the, 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 the names that they put are kind of corny, but when you get to Amen corner, you're like, Oh, this is like, this is, this is it. <laughs> right. Uh, I have, I have the list up now. So, uh, we, the, the ones we named the horrible horseshoe. So that's colonial. That's yeah.
2: uh three, what, four, and three five. four and five. Yeah. Uh,
0: this one doesn't have a name, doesn't have a name, doesn't have a name. Okay. These are just the most difficult stretches, but not all of them have names. So we got them all. And then the horrible horseshoe seems to be the ones that are, that are named. Sweet. Love it. Love it. It's good marketing. Uh, I I completely agree. It's uh, it's it's corny, but I completely agree the fact that I remember I remember when they redesigned the North and then they actually opened it up to like a naming contest. And I think if you if they picked the name that you put out, uh I forget what you won, but it was like so many rounds at Tory Pines and all this other stuff, which I thought was not only good for marketing, but now they you're going to hear it 100 times on the telecast. It's going to be 100%. fun. Yeah, uh, gentlemen. Much appreciated. That's Sia Najad. You can find him on Twitter at Sia Najad. That's Greg Ducharme. You can find him on Twitter at the Real GFD. Producer Jacob, thank you very much. Behind the glass, you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time.